here's the thing. Uh, my real name is Apolinario. You know, sounds like Italian, right? My uh, last name is Mapakpak. Or uh, if you have an accent, it's pronounced as Mapekpek. And uh, in the Philippines, it's a slang for vagina. So I am an Italian pussy. I was born in October, so I am an octopusy. Welcome to Brood in Bangkok, the podcast about the people you meet in the city that makes a hard man crumble. Hey, it's Karsten. Today I have a guest from the Philippines. I think a lot of people, when they think of living in Thailand, they think of what it would be like to live here when you're from the US or Europe or Australia. But very few people know that there is actually a sizable population of Filipinos in Bangkok as well. And they have a very different outlook and sometimes a very different perspective from other expatriates from, well, Western nation when it comes to living in Bangkok, because their experiences do vary quite a bit. My guest today is a teacher and one of Bangkok's most well-known comedians, And he will be talking about his experience of not only working here, but also of the lighter side of things and trying to get people to laugh. Let's dive right into it. Welcome to Brood in Bangkok. It's, that's my guest. My name is Karsten and the person who comes a bit too early is... My name is Pule from the Philippines. Yeah. Pule. Yeah, I don't have a manly voice. We'll talk about that later. I, uh, I might have some listeners who are minors. If there are minors listening to this podcast, I mean, I actually haven't even thought about that. Like, why would they? I don't know. Probably when I post it on my Facebook wall and then uh, they might be clicking on the link. Wait, wait, who is your Facebook? Like, who do you friend on Facebook? <laughs> I got like 1,500 friends, mostly my students. Oh, you know, I'm in the Skype group. It's a bunch of internet marketers. <laughs> yeah. One guy sending a, a link to the Thai friendly or Tinder or whatever profile it was. And he sent a picture to the Skype group. And one of the other guys was saying, oh, that's a round shoe. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? Me too, yeah. What yeah. does that stand for? It's a high school student. It means because they have round shoes, that's their school uniform shoes. I'm like, wait, what? Are we at that point where that happens? <laughs> that, that you actually need to have a, like a euphemism for that? Like, how often does that happen? It's like, interesting Skype group. So, 1,500 Facebook friends. Do you just, like, how do you get 1,500 Facebook friends? Uh, half of them are my students. Do you, so, do you know what Thai kids share on Facebook? From regular things to uh, things that need parental guidance. Like Facebook videos of them or pictures of them like drinking. We're talking about elementary kids here. Drinking? Yes. Like booze? Yeah. It's not just, maybe maybe they faked it. Maybe it's like they're like, oh, hey, look, I'll make it look like it's whiskey, but it's apple juice. Um, actually, I doubt it. So, I mean, those they share that on Facebook? Is it like... I mean, they have their teachers on there. There isn't... I know, right? Like, I was actually thinking... Oh, do they like, forget about that or... I don't know. 
It's just an observation. It's an interesting insight into um, Thai teenage culture. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I recently, I'm a bit late to the party. I recently was sick. And while I was sick at home, I watched the Thai teen show Hormones, which is which came out, I think, three years ago and was very yeah. revolutionary for talking about teenage sex, teenage violence, mobbing, alcohol, and all that. And just for basically just for mentioning that these things exist, often the way it's displayed in the show, it's done in a negative way. It says, you know, people do these things and then they suffer consequences. But just showing that it exists was already creating an outrage. As a teacher, I do not post any photos of me drinking or anything with alcohol because like there is also this, I know a, a school that uh, look on your uh, social media whether it's uh, a positive or if you're having a negative social media. So it will affect probably your job application in the future. I think job application is an interesting topic because, Paula, you're Filipino. Yes. And I'm currently working with a writer on an article about finding a job in Bangkok, who's also Filipino. And when I read like the drafts he sends in, what really stands out is this He's writing him from his personal experience. And what really stands out is, well, you know, you got to accept that just because you have the same level of experience and maybe the same qualifications as someone else, you're not white, so you're not going to get the same salary. I mean, he puts it in nicer words, but he's really just saying that, okay, so basically there's a two-class system for expats coming to Thailand. And if you're Filipino, you won't get the same deal as if you're from, in quotation marks, a native speaking country, which I kind of feel is sometimes a bit of a euphemism for be white. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't deny that. Actually, that's true. If there's any other uh, words to uh, replace the word discrimination, I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, we suffer uh, from uh, discrimination even here in uh, Thailand, not just Philippines, any ASEAN member countries. So for you, is that a, like, a, oh, well, that sucks. Let's move on. Or does that annoy you on an ongoing basis? It's an internal struggle. And as a Filipino, it's my responsibility to uh, at least, you know, opt the way people think about us, okay? So, uh, yeah, I accept the fact that there will be discrimination in regards with uh, job hunting. But me personally, I try to do my best. So uh, the teachers, the people who uh, hire you would see that there's really no difference between uh, white and being a Filipino because we are globally competitive. So... What made you pick Thailand? I mean, you at some point, you, I assume you grew up in the Philippines and then you decided Thailand is where I'm at least second class. Let's give that a shot. Yeah, that's a nice question. I was actually a journalist by profession in the Philippines. I work in the biggest uh, television company as a researcher. That sounds dangerous. Uh, especially now, right? Right. And my sister is the one who convinced me to try my luck here in Thailand, because when I used to work in the Philippines, I cannot really save. There's a lot of traffic. Quick question. Your sister has the same last name? Yes. She married? Yeah, but he's... Uh, she, using... Did she keep her last name? Yeah. <laughs> she did? 
Yeah, because we have the option uh, in the Philippines to keep our last name if, if you're a... Uh... How bad was the name of her husband? Like, isn't that like an opportunity to like, you know, get out of this? <laughs> I mean, actually, it's complicated. Uh, it's complicated. Yeah. Huh. I'll talk to you probably off air. <laughs> why I can't uh, divulge any other information about sure. it. Sure. Okay. So you were a journalist in the Philippines and you found that the risk of life and the opportunity of salary were not really that great. Yeah, I cannot save. There's a lot of traffic. Probably I'm overworked. Mm-hmm. So uh, my sister uh, encouraged me to uh, take my chance and try my luck here. And since uh, three years ago, I've been uh, here. And I couldn't be happier because uh, this is where I started my uh, comedy career. In Bangkok. Mm, which you gave us already a pretty good taste <laughs> Nice transition. <laughs> right. did, did you just start out in Bangkok? You never did that before? The comedy? Yeah. So uh, I started February of last year uh-huh. in an open mic. Where was that? The Overground. Overground. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, Bangkok Hilarious. Because like I have like uh, 10, 20 pages of uh, comedy materials that I want other people to hear. You had that by the, when you started? Yes. I was too obsessed, right? That I checked online and looked for comedy clubs here in Bangkok because like I'm tired of uh, performing uh, with my friends in front of my friends. I need other people to hear my jokes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, since February, URE until now, I'm doing a stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. At some point, you must have started collecting those jokes. I mean, did you just suddenly decide, I've, did you always wanted to be a comedian or did you, what gave you the idea in the first place? Like- Good question. Those materials were like, it, it's been uh, an accumulation of experiences way back, uh, childhood, university days, work, my personal observation. And then I just compile it. Uh, if there's uh, some uh, happy uh, things, I try to write it because like, I don't know if I'm uh, obsessive compulsive, but <laughs> if there is a funny thing, I try to write it in whichever or whatever uh, medium, even on the receipt, even on the bus ticket, even on uh, any, anywhere that I can write because like I usually forgot it. Forgets. On a Thai bus ticket. Yes. You can write a joke on a <laughs> yeah, Thai at, bus at the back <laughs> of the bus ticket. That must uh, be a pretty th- compact punchline. I know, right? The receipt in 7-Eleven. Yeah, just the keywords uh-huh. because I tend to forget it uh-huh. over time. So uh, now I'm carrying my uh, little book of uh, jokes. Huh. Did you collect those jokes with the idea that one day you'll be telling them on stage? Or was that, how did that start? Secondarily, yeah. I think I wanted to write it as a form of essay. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I saw an opportunity for me to perform it live in front of an audience. So, uh, yeah. How did you find your style? Like, how did you select? Okay, so your jokes aren't exactly something that you would tell in a senior citizen home, right? That's true. Or even in a children's party. Children's party. Yeah, those are the jokes you don't tell. Or you get deported. How did you determine that field? It took me six months Uh 
to uh, change my uh, style or approach because uh, I earned the notoriety of being a vulgar comic here in Bangkok. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I take it to heart because, yeah, I want my opportunities not to be limited because like if I become uh, you know known as a vulgar comic, I cannot do any corporate gigs. Hmm. or children's party. <laughs> so uh, I tried to uh, clean up my act. I would be totally okay. Like if I had children, I would be totally okay with that. I, I feel like, you know, you just get exposed to that. It's I have a very liberal attitude to that. So I assume that will change once I have like yeah. triplets. And- because <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking because uh, my initial goal back then was uh, WTF, like shock value. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. But it's, let's just say, self-regulation. For the people who don't know, what is your signature? Joke? Uh-huh. About me being Asian, I'm trying to capitalize and exploit probably being a minority uh-huh. in Asians because I always uh, say during my set, like, Filipinos make some noise. No one's raising their hands. So, oh shit, they're still washing dishes then, huh? <laughs> And uh, yeah, Filipinos are very famous in the world. We have Manny Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. The guy who gets, so the guy who gets paid half when he goes boxing. Yeah. Just like the people who get paid half when they go teaching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. There was this uh, thing, right? They kind, he got a lot less for that famous fight he did, I think. There was this. Yeah, versus uh, Mayweather. He had to agree or he had made a lot of concessions in order for that to happen or so. Or I think if he would have lost, if he would have won, there would have been a revenge fight. But yeah. if he lost, then not. And Money was uh, guaranteed like 50 million. Okay, that's not so bad. And Mayweather like 200 okay, that, million. Yeah, that's like kind of the Bangkok teacher <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ratio. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the salary, uh-huh. the ratio of uh, a Filipino to a white or a Western teacher, uh-huh. I think it's uh, one is to three. I mean, like white or uh, Western teachers earn as much as three times as a Filipino teacher here mm-hmm. in uh, Bangkok. So uh, you will see regardless whether you have the same educational uh, background or even if you have a masteral degree or even doctorate degree, as long as your color is brown, you really cannot expect that your salary be at par with uh, Western uh, teachers. In comedy, things are different? Salary-wise or? Yeah. I don't get paid. No one gets paid. No one gets paid. (laughs) So it's very equal. (laughs) I mean, but uh, here's the thing. If you're starting with uh, comedy, you really don't get paid at all or that much, you need to uh, earn everything. You need to do a lot of open mics. It'll be uh, fortunate if you can at least get a free beer yeah, during open mic nights. And then uh, it'll be lucky if you have an opportunity to open for a certain uh, comedians. Which is actually convenient because a lot of comedians are alcoholics or otherwise (laughs) depressed. (laughs) No, I mean, I've, it was kind of to me, I always thought, oh yeah, ha ha, that's a stereotype. But I mean, I sometimes go out with my girlfriend who works as a doctor and she has a bit more of an eye for it than I do. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that guy and that guy, 
I'm pretty sure they're alcoholics. I'm like, what? They're just having a few beers. No, no. Like this, the way they're drinking, the way they're just consuming. And and I later on met them and asked, like, did you, you were actually really good at that event. And they're like, oh yeah, I was completely hammered. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell. So I feel there's this, there's definitely a thing of, oh, this, I get this impression in order to be a good comedian, your life has to be awful. Yeah. Not really like awful by definition, but most of my uh, resources or my materials come from my personal tragedies, everyday misfortunes, and just things that are beyond your control. And are those, I mean, I feel a bit conflicted sometimes because of course for comedians, that's a show, it's a performance, but it's told in the first person. So as an audience member, I kind of feel a bit had when I actually believe what they're saying. I'm like, oh, wait, that actually happened to you. And they're like, no, I'm just pretending it's an act. Yeah. And there's two sides. You can say that the true story and like another thing is it's just an act. But mostly uh, my materials are personal and I like my materials to be more uh, relatable to the audience. You do not want to alienate people and the crowd will actually know, notice whether you're just faking it or not. Personally, I mean, I tried my hand a little bit at an open mic and I'm like, okay, how much can I say? And like, if you're looking at the most recent generations mm -hmm. of uh, comedians, what's her name? Is it Amy Cobra? Amy? Schumer. Amy, Amy Schumer? No, no, no. I'm Asian. She did a gig on Netflix where she was pregnant. Alice Wong. Uh, yeah, she's a writer for Fresh Off the Boat. And that is crude. And it's like, yeah. just, it's like, oh, my, my, you know, m my boyfriend gave me a ring <laughs> and I gave him her purse. So we both have everything, have something that we'll keep forever. And <laughs> like, that's like, okay. And I wonder. Did he or did she? Like, <laughs> I mean, sure, it's funny. But also, how does the boyfriend feel about, you know, that being yeah. out there? I mean, that's the other thing. For example, Louis C.K., he talks about how his kids are assholes. And it's funny. But I also wonder, how do the kids feel about it? Do they like, oh, well, that's just my dad. He's doing his performance. Yeah, that, that's what makes Louis C.K. good. He can... Uh reconcile his humor with uh, his kids and it's a good thing that the kids know that it's all an act and that's what their uh, dad is good at so they're quite supportive i was just done uh, watching louis third season mm -hmm. i see myself in louis because i usually can't decide i'm indecisive I'm miserable. I have, <laughs> and I have a miserable <laughs> love life. <laughs> you do right now. You seem to be smiling about it, but I'm not sure if that is professional standard or. Uh, <laughs> I'm happy right now at, at the moment. Uh -huh. Yeah, that, let's just say my uh, love life is uh, good. Uh huh. I actually have a joke. Want to hear about it? Please. Okay. I want to talk about my sex life. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
but Louis C.K. is divorced, right? Yeah. Do you think that had to do with uh, his work? Either the things he said or how often he said them because he probably, I mean, that's the thing. If the startup world, we say, if you have work-life balance, you haven't succeeded yet mm. because it's easy to go home when you're still failing, when you're not doing great. But when you have like a $10 million deal on your desk, you can't go home. Okay. Even if it's 3 a.m. in the morning. And maybe, maybe that was also something to do that he just worked. Like once he hit it so big, he doesn't know how long this will last. And he just maybe does that nonstop. Here's my take on that. Because uh, you are interviewing or you're having a podcast with a person who has like less than two years of comedy experience. I don't want to call myself comedian, a comedian yet. Probably a humorist because the title of a comedian, you need to earn that. Uh -huh. From what I've heard from other comedians, we have our own truth. We have our own truth. We see things in a different perspective. Let's just say we are emotionally uh, effed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have different truths. That's why uh, probably most of the comedians have a different or a difficult love life. Because their emotional perspective on things is just... Different from a regular person. Is there something inherent about that? Or is that something you just learn how to deal with? Or like, where does the comedy come from? Is that... Probably both. It's inherent and probably uh, you get it along the way. Because I've read an article that comedians are very prone to having like psychological disorder. Mm -hmm. Well, they, all, they also say the same for CEOs. I think <laughs> psychopath quota is 10%. I'm very proud that I can now pronounce the word psychopath. By describing... <laughs> I have a friend of mine, Israeli and Jewish, and um, he corrects my English. And he has this thing where he makes jokes that reference him being Jewish mm -hmm. or me being German. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, I, I'm playing with a handicap here. Okay, yeah, he, yeah. he can do that. He can do that. The thing is like, it's a very different relationship with humor, depending on where you go, like where you're, in which country you are. So for example, in Germany, you could not yeah. like Seinfeld mm -hmm. doesn't work in Germany. It's just, it doesn't work because all this American Jewish stereotypes, they are A, unknown in Germany. And B, people would feel very, very, very uncomfortable. Yeah, and offended probably. It's difficult. Just like, you know, every country has their racial taboos or their religious taboos or every country has that thing. That's true. Especially here in Thailand, we're not allowed to talk about... That's a good way to start a sentence. That's an excellent <laughs> way to start a yeah. sentence. If you want to be sure you end up in a situation where you can't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. And people are a little bit politically correct. You cannot say that. You cannot say this. You can do this. You can. There's a lot of restriction. And uh, it's up to you as a comedian how you can make fun of things with restrictions. Uh -huh. You know, th that's where your creative juice will, you know, will flow regardless of uh, the restrictions. You can still make fun of things. In, uh, how does our, that look like? Well, I have a lot of uh, materials, so uh, I'll just perform something else 
uh-huh. in lieu of the one that is taboo mm-hmm. or uh, not allowed. And for example, in our uh, comedy club, Bangkok Hilarious Comedy Club, we discourage people to make any rape jokes. Mm-hmm. There's no tasteful approach to any rape jokes. So we don't do that. We also discourage people or comedians to have misogynistic materials. We are LGBT uh, friendly comedy club. Me personally, I stopped doing uh, materials objectifying women, any racist joke. It's not really uh, like a rule, but we are all about branding. Mm-hmm. That uh, we encourage people to be more creative and we are not just, we don't need to use any, uh, how should I say this? Like common, common jokes or common humor. Uh-huh. That's the group you're talking about. Bangkok Hilarious? Yes. Uh, what is it? Bangkok Hilarious. I'm one of the organizers uh-huh. of uh, the Bangkok Hilarious Comedy Club. And is it a regular event? Or yes. It- Thank you for uh, bringing it up. We actually have uh, every Thursday, it's a weekly uh, show, open mic, free beer, free buffet. For the comedians? For all. That's nice. Of us. Free entry. And a free buffet. We have a Thursday comedy open mic night. And uh, what time and where? It's uh, at the Sportsman Bar, Sokomvit Soy 13. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, I think you've been there before. I've been there, yeah. I've been there once. Yeah. What so time does it start? It starts, the comedy starts at nine o'clock until 11. We also have an open mic for musicians, starts at seven until nine. Uh-huh. And yeah, the Bangkok Hilarious Comedy. Club has been uh, doing it for three or four years. Uh, We are the longest running comedy collective here in Bangkok. And by November, we will be doing our second international comedy competition here in Bangkok. We are the uh, first one. Our club is the first one who has a competition internationally. We uh, have uh, comedians from uh, UK from Asia who went here last year to compete mm-hmm. and we'll be doing it again in November. Any other year. islands or continents? The comedians? Yeah. Yeah. The winner was a Japanese. He's Asian. Uh-huh. We'll be bringing the comedy competition to Wahin and uh-huh. Phuket. Huh. So uh, it's a three city or four city uh comedy competition. Probably the elimination will be held here in Bangkok and then we'll bring the semifinals in Wahin and uh, the finals in Phuket. Mm. And we would like to establish the Bangkok Hilarious Comedy Club and uh, the Bangkok itself as the, uh, you know, as a, one of the comedy hubs here in Asia. So when people go to this open mic night and what can they expect to hear? Is, is it like uh, newcomers? Is it seasoned people testing out the material? Both. First-timers, veteran, Bangkok, locals. And at any given open mics, you will see first-timers and local comedians doing their old tried-and-tested sets and new materials. So uh, as much as possible, every week I try to come up with at least have of new materials every time I perform mm-hmm. because uh, my plan is to have at least 15 minutes 
of uh, headlining material, not just open mic material, right? 15 minutes of headlining material every year. Mm-hmm. Every year. How hard is that? It's hard and... Like if you see a comedian perform and they're doing like their one hour special or mm. so, how many weeks of jokes or are in that one hour? Like how long does it take them to come up with one hour of material? I really cannot tell. Probably it depends on every uh, comedian. If he's really uh, like not really lazy writing because what i do i always uh, test my materials i do probably a repeat material for two weeks mm-hmm. and then i try to uh, come up with uh, newer material the third week and then i try to incorporate both new and uh, old materials because there is no substitute with stage time so those And you say you want to get 15 minutes of prime time material or headlining material headlining yeah. material every year that yeah. is like that means you will have to do every week you have to do like an open mic and test like five minutes of stuff yes and uh, you just it's like a process of elimination just take out the jokes that don't work. Because you will know based from the uh, reaction of the crowd. Well, how do you know? Like, isn't maybe the crowd not good on a night? Or, you know, maybe like, how do you know? Well, there's also not really a rule, but uh, never ever blame the audience if they don't laugh. Uh-huh. So, but sometimes you know that if you tell the exact same joke to a different crowd, they'll be in stitches. Yeah. In the first crowd, they're just going to be staring at you. Yeah, it happened to me and I was actually the host. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's like 10 to 20 uh, people who are like CrossFit trainers mm-hmm. or uh, they're doing CrossFit. And all the jokes that are funny or tried and tested that never bombed, bombed on that particular night. Every punchline. Do you think that laughter is the only real feedback or Do you actually, is there actually a point in talking to people and asking them and how, like, how good are people at describing what they think it's funny? If they laugh, it gives you confidence that you're not bombing or your jokes are effective. But here's the thing. I don't know if it directly uh, answers your question, but uh, there are two types of laughter that validates whether uh, my jokes are funny. One laughter is the one that builds up. <laughs> it's very contagious. <laughs> it's creepy. It's cerebral, you know. And then another laughter is like the laugh out loud laughter. Like... <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of a thing. Yeah. What about the, uh, 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 I, I can't get any air laughter. Like I, I get oh, yeah. that. It's like, yeah, I think that's the best though. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> like not just stitches, like you're foaming your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you having seizure? No, you're just funny. So when you have like a mixed audience and you can tell like 
some of your material is obviously just dying on mm -hmm. the person's face. Yeah. Another person thinks it's hilarious. Do you just, do you try to convince the non-convinced or do you focus on the ones that are already with you? Well, uh, before I used to uh, go with, how should I say this? Law of averages. Okay. For example, in one night there are like 30 people and like there are only 20 who uh, laugh at your joke. Probably next time you just try and try until, uh, you know, you can't make all of them laugh. But in an average, you have a certain number of people that you target. Okay. So what's your target? What do you, how many people in the audience? Or did you increase that? What's your current, what, what are your KPIs? As a <laughs> Probably, uh, ideally, all of them, if they can laugh at my jokes. But I have a different style. My style is I observe laughs per minute. When I say laughs per minute, I bombard them with jokes after jokes after jokes. So if some of my jokes didn't uh, get enough laugh, I have enough ammunition. So you, you know? want the audience as a group to laugh at least how many times per minute? Ideally, I learned it from my magician friend mm -hmm. that if you really would like to make it, you need to have at least six laughs per minute. Is that? That's his average. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, is it, is that like, a, do you observe that when you see other comedians or maybe television comedians? Like... Does every comedian have to do that? Or are no. there like very, very successful comedians that have very few laughs per minute? Here's the thing then. That six laughs per minute, that's, that's laughter every 10 seconds. Right. It's very impossible for me at this rate to uh, duplicate that at least. But there are comedians who are very good at storytelling. That's their cup of tea. And there are comedians who are very good uh, at one-liners. Different comedians, different techniques and styles. So it, it varies. Most of the comedians like capitalize or exploit the, the style of uh, storytelling. Mm. But I find it difficult in my stage right now to be a storyteller. But, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting into it because I, I want to be uh, flexible. I want to uh, diversify. I'm also trying to incorporate music. I sing. During my set. You do? Yes. Do you sing my ways? No, I don't want to get shot. Right. That's the thing in the Philippines, right? Yeah, that's true. If you sing my ways yeah. in the karaoke, have you ever tried? Uh, I'm not that daring. <laughs> like do people, or is it, do you have like in the Philippines, is it like the, do you have like your cabins or is it like an open bar style? Both. 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 So usually uh, the crime is happening during uh, open bars so is there like a, a law that they're no longer going to play my way or no, not really but uh, they make fun of it so i have to go to manila and sing that <laughs> <laughs> it's not that i can sing any song really that yeah. well so would i get away with it like do yeah, I get, yeah. definitely just uh, wear a bulletproof vest okay mm -hmm. yeah and a helmet perhaps right you get those cheap in the philippines yeah and they're from china Huh. <laughs> I like how you're already aware okay. of the um, good things. Every time I look, uh, I see a microphone because like, that's one of the stereotypes of being a Filipino. 
if they see a mic, like they look at it as a karaoke thing. But I'm different. Okay. Like I don't see like every time I see a mic, I don't look at it as a an opportunity for me to have a karaoke. Okay. No other <laughs> woman is gonna love you more. Cause tonight is the night. And I feel alright. We'll be making love this whole night through. Look at me. So I'm shaving all my love. Ah, I'm shaving all my love. I'm shaving all my love for you. I'm sorry, I got carried my away. I'm sorry. My way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would only get shot in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, right. Do you plan to return someday? I'm trying to really establish myself as a comedian here in Bangkok because the opportunities are here. I got to uh, perform with international comedians. Uh, I gain a lot of networks of uh, comedians. And the audience here are very diverse. Uh, my target uh, audience are mainly expats. Mm-hmm. And there's just a little community in the Philippines where uh, there are expats and I try to deliver my jokes in in English. But I would like to be known as a bilingual comic. So, um, Tagalog and yes, English. that's true. Uh-huh. And uh, I actually did a couple of gigs in the Philippines, but I did it in English just uh-huh. for practice. And uh, Okay. Well, then I wish you all the best for your future as a comedian, wherever it may take place and wherever it may take you. Thank you very much for making it here tonight. Thank um, you. You are a daring person. <laughs> also because you're drinking black coffee at 8 p.m. Oh, yeah. Because I have a very uh, low tolerance with alcohol. Like I try to sing and uh, I try to speak in Latin every time I'm drunk. So uh, Coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I stopped drinking coffee at 11 a.m., <laughs> so, uh, maybe I'm getting old a bit, but for me, like, it just messes too much with my sleep schedule. I think my coffee is this is my one liter coffee today because I have like five cups a day. Cups already just wow. for today. Wow. I think at that point, you're just getting immune. <laughs> yeah. I actually got a peach, peach tea with sweetener i actually asked them if they put warm water on it first. <laughs> yeah exactly earlier. because there's actually bars in bangkok they will just like you order an iced tea yeah. and they plop the tea bag <laughs> in they plop the ice in and then they just mm. pour cold water over yeah. it and they charge you a hundred baht for it yeah. and i'm like you're not an important person this just right. this is just how we do it <laughs> i think that's really the message there yeah mm. uh, it's not just a drink it's a statement anyway thank you very much for making it thank karsten I'll be sure to see your open mic night. I hope many listeners will join me. It's every Thursday at the Sportsman in Sukumit 13 at 9 p.m. Free buffet, free entry. And uh, yes, uh, check out our uh, website, BangkokHilarious.biz. I like it. I like it. That biz. And yeah, hopefully uh, you'll hear from me soon in... Uh, the future podcast with thailandbrewkit.com. Did I pronounce it correctly? No, but I think we're going <laughs> to... <laughs>
<laughs> That's okay. We're going to have show notes. We're going to put the link to the actual podcast in the show notes. And as well as uh, to the Bangkok Hilarious, so you guys can all find that. Thanks yes, a lot. Thank you. And uh, we're looking forward for you to uh, perform on our stage. Oh. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Pule as much as I did. There's one thing I wanted to tell you. The reason why I'm running Brood in Bangkok is because I believe in everybody you meet on the streets of Bangkok, there's an amazing story. And I want to bring these stories to a broader audience. And you can actually help me with that. If you can send a link to this episode, which you'll find at broodinbangkok.com slash comedian, to just one person. You don't have to share it on your Facebook or tweet it out. Just send this link to one person who you think will really enjoy listening to this episode. That would be already a big help. I really would like to reach more people with this. Producing one of these podcasts takes about a whole day. While the final episode is only about 45 minutes, usually I have to record interviews for a lot longer to get the material. And between editing and preparing the entire episode, it usually takes about a whole day. And seeing more people actually listening to this would be a great reward. It'll also allow me to spend more time on this in the future. So if you can take a few seconds out of your day to send a link to this episode to just one more person, that would be amazing. Thank you very much. And that's it from Brood in Bangkok for this episode. If you like the show, please go to iTunes and leave it a five-star rating. If you would like to find out more about the show, you can go to broodinbangkok.com and the website will redirect you to more information about the podcast, show notes, and more background information about our guests and anything else you want to know about the show or me. Until next time. Until next time.